Welcome to Women Up, guys, a series that aims to start conversations, celebrate extraordinary women, and inspire girls and women to live their best lives. Joining me today are two wonderful girls who are leading the mental health initiative in our country. I have with me Nidhi Maheshwari, who is a clinical psychologist. She has a master's in clinical psychology and has founded uh, Mindcology, and she will tell you more about it. And my second guest is Anushka Kelkar, who is one of the co-founders of Therapize, and uh, they call themselves the first therapist matchmaking portal of the country. <laughs> I will allow her to exp uh, expand on that as well. Um, prior to this, she was building a brown girl gazing on sorry, I always have to read it from a paper. These all the girls that I interview are just like uh, have fabulous resumes of infinite things <laughs> that they have done. <laughs> so hi girls. Hi, so glad to be here. I know I'm so <laughs> excited to be in this conversation. First off, why don't you guys just tell everybody what your platforms do? Because what I find very interesting. Not only is the fact that uh, girls are leading the mental health initiative in the country, but also that you both have platforms that have the same goal, but you guys are going about it a little bit differently. So for everybody who doesn't know what Therapies and Mindcology do, why don't you guys um, tell everybody? So Therapies really like at its core is a platform that helps you connect with the right therapist for you. Uh, my co-founder Aviva and I have found that even though there's so much conversation around mental health in India, around really getting past that cultural stigma, right? Um, there wasn't yeah. many resources, like tangible resources that we could turn towards to find qualified, vetted practitioners. So therapies yeah. is kind of like a one-stop shop for all things um, therapy in India. And we kind of help you connect with the right therapist based on your unique needs, budget, preferences. Um, so that's kind of what Therapize does. Right. That's so cool. Nidhi, why aren't you yes. tell us so about Mindcology? Yes. So with regards to Mindcology, if I had to say, uh, it started two years ago when there was not much that was spoken about mental health and mental well-being. And I think that there, were, uh, there was a lot of information indeed, but which was very misleading for the people because a lot was just said with regards to quotes and, you know, just be happy, but that's not what mental well-being is all about. You just can't be happy if you're going through something. And that's when mm -hmm. I started with Mindcology with the thought of just spreading mental health awareness. But gradually right now, especially since the pandemic, I have kind of, you know, expanded it with regards to therapies or helpline numbers, support groups and awareness drives. So, yeah. You know, um, I know why I feel very strongly about this subject because I've battled this myself. And you uh, both are so right that in India, resources are not very easy to come by. Like even finding the right therapist is such a process now because you have to feel comfortable with the person. When you're sharing something so personal and you're, you're making yourself so vulnerable, that process can be such a, it can be mind-boggling. Like, you know, do you guys have any personal history that kind of led to you guys, you know, diving into this? Because I know I have a personal history behind starting Woman Up, you know. Uh, it's, it's very personal. So do you guys have, like, have you 
battle this or is this going to be a personal mm-hmm. experience really you want to go for that first and then happy no, to like, jump in so <laughs> with regards to me with regards to psychology i took i took this up because back in 9th i remember i was given an option between taking the whole lot of arts or commerce and it was a big no for me going into the commerce field so it was never like my personal journey per se but when i took up psychology and when i started getting into the subject i was very intrigued by the whole behavioral sciences and as i grew up talking to people i realized that many are actually suffering in silence and now here mm-hmm. i am uh, having done with my masters in clinical psychology so that's about it with regards to my journey yes funny thing because um i wanted to take up psychology i was a science student uh, i wanted to take up psychology and i remember going up to my counselor or teacher or whatever in college and being like i, I want to take up psychology and they said you can't as a science student you can't which is just so weird but i think they've changed the rules now thankfully and you can very recently in fact i think as recent as last year yeah 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 and it's so needed right because i mean there's a total lack of practitioners so people need to be studying psych true not true. just that that for your own knowledge just to yeah. know i think it's a lifelong journey you know you can go to a counselor which is starting step but you yourself have to take responsibility for your mental health absolutely mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i think for me it's not it wasn't really just about being interested in the space that of course you know again i'm yeah. fascinated just by learning more about psychology for myself but i've also struggled with anxiety for a very long time um i think it took me very very long to kind of realize that you know i think in india especially like nidhi was saying there's so much misconception right like we don't grow up getting the tools we need to understand what mental wellness really is right like we just grow up being told like oh be happy or you know be grateful be positive um and you know somewhere i don't even know how or why i realized very recently that i had this really like crazy and stupid idea of you know what anxious or what depressed people are like you know in my head it felt like yeah. well if externally i have xyz amount of like achievements or if you know i'm successful in certain ways or if i'm in a relationship or if i have all these flourishing friendships like can i really struggle with anxiety can i really struggle with mental health with mental illnesses um i think for me it's been a very personal journey in having to kind of accept that you can both be highly functional and need support so i actually still go to my therapist once a week um i mean i've now got the tools i need to work with my anxiety but i just love that one hour like for me it's like me time you know just like to ground myself to really center myself that that is wonderful and you know like i was saying i think uh, your personal mental health journey is like an ongoing process and it's something that will forever be ongoing like you you evolve each day you you confront new demons each day i feel like every day i wake up and i'm confronted by a new side of me and i'm like ye kya hai like ye kahan se aaya like what is this 
new fresh hell <laughs> not a hell but you know like what is this new thing yeah. that i am such a because you're know, constantly thrown in unfamiliar situations right like you may um have learned to deal with something that you've already experienced before but when you're confronted with new things there are new things that are thrown at you um tell me this how did you guys go about building this uh, network of counselors that you guys have and uh, are your uh, platforms for profit non profit how how does that work right so i'll go first yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> jump right in so with regards to mindology uh, like i said initially when the idea was it was just a page for mental health awareness even now it's a completely non profit organization uh, non commercialized thing and with regards to my network i remember i mean just recently i had put up something on instagram saying that i want a psychologist who would like to willingly work for the helpline number and you know they can provide their services pro bono and i received like a lovely response and i think that's how from there from the helpline number i kind of uh, dived in and had these therapists on board so that's about it but do you guys like go about like some kind of wedding process to see or like how how does that work yeah so Because i mean Yeah. yeah so even if it was pro bono i wanted one thing that was for sure was not volunteers into this or buddies that usually people get into but all of them from a mental health background and professionals with a good amount of experience and second of course uh, not only that because a lot of times you might have the required qualifications and the experience but you might not be the one for mindology of my platform so of course those uh, cvs and resumes that i received were interviewed shortlisted there were like a couple of rounds that we used to kind of get into so that's how we finally decided the whole panel and the team that we want working for mindology so yeah that's lovely because i think you want to want to know for a fact that the person's qualified enough or you know will be empathetic enough and not judge you there's so many factors that come into play and because your personal biases also come in right at the end of the day a counselor is also a human being who has had their own uh, sort of ex- life experiences and has their own world view yeah. uh, anushka is it similar for you guys as well so actually ours ours is a bit different because we are for profit and we started off pretty commercially only where you know we saw this massive massive gap in the market you know we felt like there weren't really that many um end to end tech enabled platforms and because that was expensive again we knew that this couldn't just be kind of like a non not for profit initiative which ideally you know we'd like to be able to not charge anything um but in order to kind of have a due diligence team to have a tech team to build that all that out we are for profit and we have 90 plus counselors on board now actually because again you know like you were saying it's such a personalized experience that what might work for you won't work for me and we could be like best friends right and we might still have drastically different needs um so we actually now have around 90 or 95 people on board and uh, we we began just by cold calling therapists we began by cold calling therapists that we had like stalked on linkedin stalked on google and uh, we were just like hey we're building this platform would you be interested yeah. and it was so weird but most therapists were super receptive um so that's how we began and now we kind of have a 
much more robust process because more people have in the therapist network heard of us and then are coming through referrals and stuff. So that's how it is now. That's so cool. You, you cold call. I can't believe you cold call. <laughs> I mean, but hey, so I guess so. that's people. how you build a business. Scratch. <laughs> Okay, coming back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, in India, this is not traditionally something that's been, um, you know, uh, embraced very openly. Then mm-hmm. how do you manage to get traction on these platforms? I know that Anushka, you started this whole uh, South Asian series, which which I totally mm-hmm. love. Um, yeah. I think that's really great. Uh, but how do you get people to engage more? I know the youth are more savvy when it comes to this or it, or at least a little more open about this conversation. But even then, I mean, we're all still um, living in a society which has not at large embraced this concept. So how do you guys then get people to come to you? Anushka, would you like to go for this? I think I'm just sure. doing this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So honestly, Rashi, it's been really unexpected. But again, because of the pandemic, I think the traction has been almost overwhelming um, where it's not just young people. Most of, you know, the people that are coming to us are between the ages of say 18 to 35, but between 35 to say 50, because that's the highest we kind of cater to, um, we've still seen a lot of interest. I think mostly because until this point, It's not that mental health um, concerns didn't exist. It was just that since it wasn't really openly spoken about, fewer people felt safe in actually accessing that help, right? I think with the pandemic, as well as the internet, you know, like even in tier two and tier three cities, so much of our audience we see is now coming from there. And a lot of them tell us that just seeing therapizers post around how depression manifests in the South Asian context or you know, what questions can I ask my therapist? Because it's so new to us, this entire mental health space, and the process is so informal, right? Like, when you want to go to, say, um, a gender practitioner doctor, right? You know, you call your doctor, say, if you have a fever, you give your symptoms, you trust the doctor because they have a degree that they require. But in this space, because there's just no knowledge, right? So we found that Honestly, putting out informative, educational, expert-led content. So like, instead of, you know, say us going out there and saying, hey, you shouldn't struggle anymore. Just, you know, be positive. You know, putting a therapist out there who says that actually almost everyone coming to me right now is anxious because it is an abnormal time. This is a scary time. So get the help you need. We found that to be a really effective way of bringing people on board with us. That's actually brilliant. I want to ask you one thing. Why did you say that you capped it at 50? The way you capped it at 50? Yeah, your clientele, you said you catered to 50. Up to the age of 50. Yes. So I think when we were recruiting therapists, you know, we also had to keep in mind who they can cater to, right? And we found that to cater to the elderly, it actually requires a very different set of um, expertise and also training. Again, as therapists, pretty clear that even within specialization areas for therapists, 
we like them to have certifications and to have you know credible organizations that they've done those certifications at and we just hadn't really found any therapist that we felt had viable certifications for elderly care and so instead of kind of putting out therapists who we felt weren't really aligned we decided it's not like a formal thing it's not like we'll say you know hey if you're 50 plus you can't be a part of this but just yeah. organically mostly the people that tend to come to us also because actually it's social media based right like for us a lot like all our promotion is just social media um yeah. the people are not really that active um yeah. on like instagram or linkedin and those places so we've just organically found that there aren't that many older folks coming and then for the elderly we just don't yet have the right provisions right very interesting actually uh, i never thought about it like that really what's your uh, experience been but you're right uh, like the pandemic i think brought mental health to the forefront that conversation just needed to be had especially this year which is when i reached out to you and we did our uh, collaborations because i i personally was so affected by it and i don't think anyone living in this country in particular was not affected globally of course yes yeah, but i think our country saw such a um Uh, aftermath was i don't know what what the net what to use is we saw such a such a wave and we weren't prepared for it at all true uh, what what's your uh, take on this nidhi i think anushka summed it up really like bang on with regards to this because mindology is also completely based on social media and you know our marketing everything is social media so the uh, the people we who come in are usually at the age of starting from 18 to 35 but with regards to helpline it's not only that there have been housewives and you know people like uh, the younger population who bought their parents also like you know i think you can talk to my parents or my father who's covid positive so with regards to that we've had like you know people coming in from uh, different age groups also but yeah the main age group that usually comes in is 18 to 35 and i also not only think that social media but when we talk about these they are willing to take therapy and seek help when you talk about the elderly population they are very rigid with their mindset and they think that if they are having anxiety they better go to a psychiatrist than come to a psychologist so for them it's easier to pop in a medicine and get that relief instead of you know coming out for therapy so when yeah. it comes to that again the traction comes to that particular age group where people think that no i think this really needs to work upon and the core beliefs yeah. need to be worked upon so yeah that's what i have seen with regards to you know mindology and the people who've come in and approached us you know i was uh, reading somewhere uh in my research for this this whole series that women are more open to um self help Uh, as in learning about or reading about self betterment self help is that something you see echoed in the gender of the counselors a and b in the gender of the people who come to you and this is purely out of curiosity because i do know that i was having I've, um a conversation with another friend of mine who's uh, who's a guy and he's a psychologist and we were addressing the fact that men feel more inhibited uh because they've traditionally not been taught to embrace their emotions but in even in terms of counselors is there a is there a gender ratio skewed in in, in the favor of a particular gender yeah 
yeah at least with regards for me i do have more female counselors than male counselors and in the indian context what i realized is one very i mean something that i thought could be a possibility that i mean when we started we spoke about science students can't get into psychology and usually when it comes comes to boys and men it's said that oh you're taking arts tum arts kar rahe ho you should have gone for science or commerce so that is one of the major reasons and two what also i realized that that i mean when i was also reading about these things and you know when i was researching about these i came to an understanding that the traits that we as females hold more of you know empathizing with people is seen as higher compared to in males so i'm not i'm not trying to generalize but that's what the research has said so when it said something like that i have noticed even that if there are male counselor and i ask them that would you prefer a male counselor or a female they could confide more into the female counselors and likewise for females Yeah. I'm surprised men would want to confide in, in a female yeah. counselor as yeah. well. Yes, more in fact. I mean, more number of men would like to talk to females. Maybe yeah. I suspect this one of the reasons as, uh, you know, a very when we talk about confiding and you know, since childhood we've always had have had like a primary caregivers as our mothers. So you know Ooh. that all psychologically does impact when you grow up. So yeah, that's very cool. interesting. I- Yeah, never thought about it that way. Okay, I have another question. Why do you think that um, women are leading this mental health space? I'm guessing it's the same reason that we just discussed, right? Women are traditionally mm-hmm. considered more empathetic, um, or have been socially conditioned to be more empathetic, or sure. towards the arts, like yeah. you said. Is that it? Is that what you think is dri- driving the driving women towards taking this initiative because there's you uh, you know and this literally everybody else whom i've spoken to who has a platform like such is is the woman which to my mind is very um, interesting and again mm-hmm. uh, one of those things that we don't think about consciously but when you look at the 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 numbers it's um, it definitely uh, makes you wonder yeah i think my perspective on this is a little bit different because actually when we look at you know western like initiatives or organizations in the mental health space like look at a headspace right. or a calm so many of That's those true. are led by men right um or someone like you know so many like self help coaches like jay shetty or there are so many um names yeah. that just come to the top of my mind not necessarily so clinical yeah not as a clinical therapist but still a couple of you know different like leaders that are men and i think honestly the context of south asia is so interesting in that regard because somewhere i feel like in south asian cultures especially what we've seen in all the people that come to us is that men are really pushed to not have emotional issues you know at a very young age that the world you have to be the breadwinner you have to be the one that's always okay you have to be the caring dad you have to be the one that holds your wife down you can't have issues um and i think you know as a woman it's been a journey personally you know of my own in taking away some of that conditioning around south asian beliefs of just get over it now what's the issue like don't really yeah. think about what's wrong and 
I think yeah. for men, there's so much deeper self-work that has to happen before you can start, you know, joining a movement like this one. Because if you don't believe you deserve help, why would you create a platform for others to get that help, right? Like, I think for me, that's something I think about a lot. You know, that's two questions to that. Um, actually, one is a comment in my own personal journey that, I didn't know I needed help either till it got to a point where I realized that I wasn't functioning very well, you know? So I, I think uh, you're absolutely right in the cultural context. It's, we are so far off, so much work needs to be done, but how do you think that we get more men to embrace this? Because I don't think as women, women can't move ahead either without the support of the men in their lives, right? And not just from, a feminist standpoint and you know um women uh, becoming larger parts of society in in the workforce and all that stuff which is generally as equal partners to show up in a relationship or in any relationship not just traumatic relationship that's equal partners who are equally responsible for their own well-being and and therefore lead to healthy relationships because then uh, because we've never addressed these issues, relationships are so unhealthy. I'm sure you'll both agree that when we look around, we don't see a lot of healthy relationships in the South, in a South Asian context. Marriages also traditionally haven't been, I mean, yes, they're, they're, there's longevity, but does that necessarily equal healthy partnerships? I'm not so sure. So when I, especially the first question that you had, how to have more men embrace it, at least what we can start from now is at least in our homes you know when it comes to that normally even if you see a baby boy crying the saying goes Ladke rote nahi hai. oh baby don't cry so at least you can start working it you know when we talk about this we have this common saying goes charity begins at home at least what you can do is start something and start changing it in your home around your relatives and I mean quite often I think what also lacks is how often do we actually sit with our dads and we talk about what's on in their mind? What is going on? Why are they so quiet? We always like, Haan, dad, chup hai, rehne dete. Matlab, let him just Very honestly, I've tried it, but I don't think they're used to it. Yeah, They feel weird. They just... That's because conditioned that way since childhood, you know, and talking about... I mean, talking about this also, why the, the that age group and that generation doesn't go for therapy, a lot has, I mean, like you mentioned though, that even women are, you know, kind of working and everything. A lot has also changed with regards to the joint family and the nuclear family. You know, yeah. this also has a lot with regards to seeking therapy because initially it was always said that, oh, tum joint family mein you can talk to your chacha, you can talk to your tao, you can talk to this. And that's what they mm-hmm. think that therapy is about. They just have to go and talk and why do they need to pay for it? Jab free mein kar sakte hai. So literally I can talk, go on and on about this because this is what the mindset people have. And, and you know, to be very honest, I know of people my age group and my generation who had the thinking, Oh, I can read everything on the good quote page. I can see Jay Shetty's videos. I can do it. I'm like, that's not what therapy is all about. So, you know, let's just start with your near and dear ones and in your own house. And that's when we can actually spread the message across. So that's very important. And that's something we really need to work upon. So, yeah, I think I just kind of went to overboard with this question. But yeah. No, it's all good, man. 
we're having yeah. a conversation finding it's solutions to it's so true because it's so frustrating like i think everyone talks about you know get over the myth get get over the stigma but then when you come home it's like where is that belief you know even in like our own friendships our own relationships with men um i think somewhere really also acknowledging that this is deep and painful work right like it's one thing to say that oh like men should just begin becoming more emotionally aware but then it's a whole other to kind of also account for the fact that this is years of conditioning so i guess somewhere i feel education is such a big one right because if ever since they like four or five <laughs> they're being conditioned to show up in life a certain way you know speak yeah. a certain way act a certain way if they're rewarded for calling their emotions in then like even when you're just 24 or 25 that's so much you have to unlearn right so somewhere i feel like teaching social and emotional intelligence you know like adding that to our curriculums and really investing in that i think it's so important true true are you seeing that change though are you i mean i don't know if you guys are working with any institutions or schools per se but are you guys uh, aware of it or is how is how is it now like have people embraced mental health as a subject yes yes i know people have counselors and they've had those for a while i don't know very many people who have ever gone to those counselors but uh, what is the status like we don't have a curriculum as yet do we there's no fixed curriculum as per se with regards to mental health but talking about these topics like you know emotions and anger management and understanding it are is something that schools are kind of you know trying to uh, you know kind of imply and have these kids teach them i mean they are teaching the kids for sure because at least i am working with schools who are doing that and mm. gradually and slowly i do see the change happening in and around schools and you know uh, the teachers also because i remember when i was young if for example if i also did not want to study because i was there was a lot in my head which even i did not know as a child it was just looked upon that oh she's just trying to throw a tantrum or she just does not like studying but that but now when i see the teachers they understand that okay they can there can be something wrong and it is being addressed in the correct way and even schools are having these counselors and psychologists and parents are being called if it's necessary so i do see that change coming in in our society right now even in the indian context so yeah that's actually good to know because i think it's such an essential like skill to have you know i feel like the julia education system in general and needs such a overhaul because really? these are subjects that this sex education and so many other like life skills that we just don't grow up learning you know yeah. um what is your guys aims with your platforms where do you see this going and what what is like the ideal achievement for these platforms that you guys are building Anushka you'll go first to this big question <laughs> but no i mean i think for us honestly right now this entire mental health space i think especially in terms of just the process of seeking help right it's so yes. so broken i mean we're playing mm. a small part now and we've only been here mm. for around 6 months so i think we're really really mm. grateful we've been able to do this so far 
but mm. we really see ourselves kind of in the future making the process of therapy so easy and so kind of um like a no brainer right like you shouldn't have to go out of your way to seek mental health care so i think our aim is really that people engage with their mental health care every day and it's not cumbersome it's not something that requires you to be passionate about mental health care like the same way we yeah. think about fitness or about nutrition right like everyone now knows that eating specific things um for your body maybe create certain reactions and i think similarly building that toolkit for everyone that's unique right i think that's kind of our goal that's so wonderful it's all right we feed our bodies every day we forget that our mind needs feeding and we consume so much information we're we're living in an age of information overload we're constantly bombarded with information and opinions and and anger and hate and the news is only filled with negativity we often forget that apart from the stuff that we're dealing with our own life we also have like the subconscious layer of um, you know yeah. things that we didn't that we don't even possibly consciously realize nidhi uh, so i think that's a question i mean i don't know i just with regards to mindcology like i said when i started it just was a mental health awareness thing and we've been mm. growing and evolving and that's what i see that as per the needs i just want mindcology to cater out there and that we can cater the people and you know like anushka said that everyone has their own respective needs so we can serve with regards to their needs and yeah. one important thing like i usually i read this somewhere Uh, and I want people to understand that कि भगवान ने दिमाग को सबसे ऊपर का दर्जा दर्जा दिया है. So I just hope that people understand that that's because of a reason, so that you give importance to your brain to your mental health. I love slowly दिमाग से ऊपर का दर्जा दिया है. सही है. I like that. I like that. What would you guys want to say to people who would say कि it's a waste of money or you know? पहले इस्तेमाल करो फिर विश्वास करो सो you know just try it for yourself you will know it you will just know it so yeah that's I'll about one minute man <laughs> Till you don't try this it. is the only therapy anthem we need i love this <laughs> i think this should be your tagline nidhi my god tell is the one you might be looking for copyright infringement but <laughs> ideal situation possible where each person is perfectly 100% mentally healthy but i think just taking onus of your own mental health upon yourself is good enough 
if we can try and be our best versions uh, and show up in the world, then that makes everybody's life easier, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on that note, thank you girls so much. This was so fun and I'm so glad that I've gotten to know uh, both of you through this entire process, not just this, even before through our conversations. And um, I, I wish you genuinely so much love uh, and good wishes for, for everything that you guys do. Thank you so much for having us. It was indeed like a conversation that was much needed. And I hope it reaches the correct people and they can make the best out of this. Absolutely. It was just so fun talking about a subject that's like so serious and genuinely requires so much attention. So I absolutely loved it. Yes. Bye. 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 Thank you.